1: Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Stories for the Road and The Mark of Zorro by Johnston McCulley. Today, chapters 34 through 36. And now, chapter 34, The Blood of the Politos. The two troopers came back into the room. They had searched the house well, they reported, invading every corner of it, and no trace had been found of any person other than Fray Felipe's native servants, all of whom were too terrified to utter a falsehood and had said that they had seen nobody around the place who did not belong there. "'Ha! Hidden away well, no doubt,' Gonzales said. "'Frey, what is in that corner of the room?' "'Bales of hides,' Frey Felipe replied. "'I have been noticing it from time to time. The dealer from San Gabriel must have been right when he said the hides he purchased of you were not properly cured. Are those?' "'I think you will find them so.' "'Then why did they move?' "'Sergeant Gonzales asked. Three times I saw the corner of a bale move. "'Soldiers, search there.' Fray Felipe sprang to his feet. "'Enough of this nonsense,' he cried. "'You have searched and found nothing. "'Search the barns next, and then go. "'At least let me be master in my own house. "'You have disturbed my rest enough as it is.' "'You will take a solemn oath, Frey, "'that there is nothing alive behind those bales of hides?' Fray Felipe hesitated.' And Sergeant Gonzales grinned. Not ready to forswear yourself, eh? The sergeant asked. I had a thought you would hesitate at that, my robed Franciscan. Soldiers, search the bales. The two men started toward the corner, but they had not covered one half the distance when Senorita Lolita Pulido stood up behind the bales of hides and faced them. Ha! Ah, Unearthed the at last! "'Gonzales cried. "'Here is the package Signor Zorro left in the fray's keeping, "'and a pretty package it is. "'Back to the carcel,' she goes, "'and this escape will but make her final sentence the greater.' "'But there was Pulido blood in the señorita's veins, "'and Gonzales had not taken that into account. "'Now the señorita stepped to the end of the pile of hides "'so that light from the candelero struck full upon her. "'One moment, senores," she said. "'One hand came from behind her back, and in it she held a long, keen knife such as sheep-skinners used. She put the point of the knife against her breast and regarded them bravely. "'Señorita Lolita Polito does not return to the foul carcel now or any time, senors,' she said. "'Rather would she plunge this knife into her heart, and so die as a woman of good blood should. If His Excellency wishes for a dead prisoner, he may have one.' Sergeant Gonzalez uttered an exclamation of annoyance. He did not doubt that the Senorita would do as she had threatened if the men made an attempt to seize her. And while he might have ordered the attempt in the case of an ordinary prisoner, he did not feel sure that the governor would say he had done right if he ordered it now. After all, Senorita Polito was the daughter of a Don, and her self inflicted death might cause trouble for His Excellency. It might prove the spark to the powder magazine. Senorita, the person who takes his or her life risks eternal damnation, the sergeant said. "'Ask this free if it is not so. "'You are only under arrest, "'not convicted and sentenced. "'If you are innocent, "'no doubt you soon will be set free.' "'It is no time for lying speeches, signor,' "'the girl replied. "'I realize the circumstances only too well. "'I have said that I will not return to Carcel, "'and I meant it, "'and mean it now. "'One step toward me, "'and I take my own life.' "'Signorita,' Fray Felipe began.' "'It is useless for you to attempt to prevent me, good pray!' she interrupted. "'I have pride left me. Thank the saints. "'His Excellency gets only my dead body if he gets me at all.' "'Well, here's a pretty mess!' Sergeant Gonzales exclaimed. "'I suppose there is nothing for us to do except retire and leave the senorita to her freedom.' "'Ah, no, senor!' she cried quickly. "'You're clever, but not clever enough by far. "'You would retire and continue to have your men surround the house?' "'you would watch for an opportunity "'and then seize me.' Gonzales growled low in his throat, "'for that had been his intention, "'and the girl had read it. "'I shall be the one to leave,' she said. "'Walk backward and stand against the wall, senores. "'Do it immediately, "'or I plunge this knife into my bosom.' "'They could do nothing except obey. "'The soldiers looked to the sergeant for instructions, "'and the sergeant was afraid to risk the senorita's death, "'knowing it would call down upon his head "'the wrath of the governor, "'who would say that he had bungled.' "'Perhaps, after all, it would be better to let the girl leave the house. "'She might be captured afterward, "'for surely a girl could not escape the troopers.' "'She watched them closely as she darted across the room to the door. "'The knife was still held at her breast. "'Frey Felipe, you wish to go with me?' she asked. "'You may be punished if you remain.' "'Yet I must remain, senorita. "'I could not run away. "'May the saints protect you.' "'She faced Gonzales and the soldiers once more.' "'I am going to this door,' she said. "'You will remain in this room. "'There are troopers outside, of course, "'and they will try to stop me. "'I shall tell them that I have your permission to leave. "'If they call and ask you, "'you are to say that it is so.' "'And if I do not?' "'Then I use the knife, senor.' She opened the door, turned her head for an instant, and glanced out. "'I trust that your horse is an excellent one, senor, "'for I intend to use it,' she told the sergeant. She darted suddenly through the door, "'and slammed it shut behind her. "'After her!' Gonzales cried. "'I looked into her eyes. "'She will not use the knife. "'She fears it.' "'He hurled himself across the room, "'the two soldiers with him. "'But Fray Felipe had been passive long enough. "'He went into action now. "'He did not stop to consider the consequences. "'He threw out one leg "'and tripped Sergeant Gonzales. "'The two troopers crashed into him, "'and all went to the floor in a tangle. "'Fray Felipe had gained some time for her, and it had been enough, for the senorita had rushed to the horse and had jumped into the saddle. She could ride like a native. Her tiny feet did not reach halfway to the sergeant's stirrups, but she thought nothing of that. She wheeled the horse's head and kicked at his sides as a trooper rushed round the corner of the house. A pistol ball whistled past her head. She bent lower over the horse's neck and rode. Now a cursing sergeant, Gonzales, was on the veranda, shouting for his men to get to the horse and follow her. The tricky moon was behind a bank of clouds again. They could not tell the direction the senorita was taking except by listening for the sounds of the horse's hoofs, And they had to stop to do that. And when they stopped, they lost time and distance. We'll return with Chapter 35 right after these sponsor messages. Hi, everyone. The holiday season is upon us, and I'll be glued to the telly for BritBox on many a night. "'Try it. You'll like it.' "'And now, Chapter 35, The Clash of Blades Again. "'Señor Zorro stood like a statue in the native's hut, "'one hand grasping his horse's muzzle. "'The native crouched at his side. "'Down the highway came the drumming of horses' hoofs. "'Then the pursuit swept by, "'the men calling to one another and cursing the darkness, "'and rushing down the valley. "'Señor Zorro opened the door and glanced out, "'listened for a moment.' and then let out his horse. He tendered the native a coin. Not from you, senor, the native said. Take it. You have need of it, and I have not, the highwayman said. He vaulted into the saddle and turned his horse up the steep slope of the hill behind the hut. The animal made little noise as it climbed to the summit. Senor Zorro descended into the depression on the other side and came to a narrow trail, and along this he rode at a slow gallop. "'stopping his mount now and then to listen for sounds of other horsemen who might be abroad. "'He rode toward Reina de los Angeles. but he appeared to be in no hurry about, about arriving at the Pueblo. Signor Zorro had another adventure planned for this night, and it had to be accomplished at a certain time and under certain conditions. It was two hours later when he came to the crest of the hill above the town. He sat quietly in the saddle for some time regarding the scene. The moonlight was fitful now, but now and then he could make out the plaza.' He saw no troopers, heard nothing of them, decided that they had ridden back in pursuit of him, and that those who had been sent in pursuit of Don Carlos and the Dona Catalina had not yet returned. In the tavern there were lights, and in the Presidio, and in the house where His Excellency was a guest. Senor Zorro waited until it was dark, and then urged his horse forward slowly, but off the main highway. He circled the Pueblo, and in time approached the Presidio from the rear. He dismounted now and led his horse, going forward slowly. "'often stopping to listen, "'for this was a very tickless business "'and might end in disaster if a mistake were made. "'He stopped the horse behind the presidio, "'where the wall of the building would cast a shadow "'if the moon came from behind the clouds again, "'and went forward cautiously, "'following the wall as he had done on that other night. "'When he came to the office window, "'he peered inside. "'Captain Ramon was there, alone, "'looking over some reports spread on the table before him, "'evidently awaiting the return of his men.' Signor Zorro crept to the corner of the building, and found there was no guard. He had guessed and hoped that the Comandante had sent every available man to the chase, but he knew that he would have to act quickly, for some of the troopers might return. He slipped through the door and crossed the big lounging room, and so came to the door of the office. His pistol was in his hand, and could a man have seen behind the mask, he would have observed that Signor Zorro's lips were crushed in a thin, straight line of determination.' As upon that other night, Captain Ramon whirled around in his chair when he heard the door open behind him, and once more he saw the eyes of Signor Zorro glittering through his mask, saw the muzzle of the pistol menacing him. "'Not a move, not a sound. It would give me pleasure to fill your body with lead,' Signor Zorro said. "'You're alone. Your silly troopers are chasing me where I am not.' "'By the saints!' Captain Ramon breathed. "'Not so much as a whisper, Signor.' "'If you hope to live, turn your back to me.' "'You would murder me?' "'I am not that sort, Comandante, "'and I said for you to make not a sound. "'Put your hands behind your back, "'for I am going to bind your wrists.' "'Captain Ramon complied. "'Señor Zorro stepped forward swiftly "'and bound the wrists with his own sash, "'which he tore from his waist. "'Then he whirled Captain Ramon around "'so that he faced him. "'Where is His Excellency?' he asked. "'at Don Juan Estado's house. "'I knew as much, "'but wanted to see whether you prefer to speak the truth tonight. "'It is well if you do so. "'We are going to call upon the governor.' "'To call?' "'Upon His Excellency,' I said, "'and do not speak again. "'Come with me.' "'He grasped Captain Ramon by the arm "'and hurried him from the office, "'across the lounging room, out of the door. "'He piloted him around the building "'to where the horse was waiting. "'Mount!' "'he commanded. "'I shall sit behind you, "'with the muzzle of this pistol at the base of your brain. "'Make no mistake, Comandante, "'unless you are tired of life. "'I am a determined man this night.' "'Captain Ramon had observed it. "'He mounted as he was directed, "'and the highwaymen mounted behind him "'and held the reins with one hand "'and the pistol with the other. "'Captain Ramon could feel the touch of cold steel "'at the back of his head. "'Signor Zorro guided his horse "'with his knees instead of with the reins.' "'He urged the beast down the slope "'and circled the town once more, "'keeping away from the beaten trails, "'and so approached the rear of the house "'where His Excellency was a guest. "'Here was the difficult part of the adventure. "'He wanted to get Captain Ramon before the Governor "'to talk to both of them "'and to do it without having anybody else interfere. "'He forced the captain to dismount "'and led him to the rear of the house. "'There was a patio there, and they entered it. "'It appeared that Signor Zorro "'knew the interior of the house well.' He entered it through a servant's room, taking Captain Ramon with him, and passed through into a hall without awakening the sleeping native. They went along the hall slowly. From one room came the sound of snoring. From beneath the door of another, light streamed. Signor Zorro stopped before that door and applied an eye to a crack at the side of it. If Captain Ramon harbored the thoughts of voicing an alarm or of offering battle, the touch of the pistol at the back of his head caused him to forget them and he had scant time to think of a way out of this predicament, for suddenly Signor Zorro threw open the door, hurled Captain Ramon through it, followed himself, and shut the door quickly behind him. In the room there were His Excellency and his host. "'Silence, and do not move,' Signor Zorro said, the slightest alarm, and I put a pistol-ball to the governor's head. "'That is understood. "'Very well, Signores.' "'Signor Zorro!' "'the governor gasped. "'The same, Your Excellency. "'I ask your host to be not frightened, "'for I mean him no harm if he sits quietly until I am done. "'Captain Ramon, kindly sit across the table from the governor. "'I am delighted to find the head of the state awake "'and awaiting news from those who are chasing me. "'His brain will be clear, "'and he can understand better what is said.' "'What means this outrage?' "'The governor exclaimed. "'Captain Ramon, how comes this?' Seize this man. You are an officer. Do not blame the comandante, Signor Zorro said. He knows it is death to make a move. There is a little matter that needs explanation, and since I cannot come to you in broad day as a man should, I am forced to adopt this method. Make yourselves comfortable, Signores. This may take a little time. His Excellency fidgeted in his chair. You have this day insulted a family of good blood, Your Excellency, Signor Zorro went on. "'You have forgotten the proprieties to such an extent "'that you have ordered thrown into your miserable carcel "'a Hidalgo and his gentle wife and innocent daughter. "'You have taken such means to gratify a spite.' "'They are traitors,' his excellency said. "'What have they done of treason?' "'You are an outlaw with a price put upon your head. "'They have been guilty of harboring you, giving you aid. "'Where got you this information?' "'Captain Ramon has an abundance of evidence.' "'Ha!' "'The commandante, eh? We shall see about that. Captain Ramon is present, and we can get at the truth. May I ask the nature of your evidence?' "'You were at the Polito Hacienda,' the governor said. "'I admit it. A native saw you, and carried word to the Presidio. The soldiers hurried out to effect your capture. A moment. Who said a native sounded the alarm?' "'Captain Ramon. Here is the first chance for the captain to speak the truth.' As a matter of fact, Comandante, was it not Don Carlos Polito himself who sent the native? The truth, it was a native brought word. And he did not tell your sergeant that Don Carlos had sent him. Did he not say that Don Carlos had slipped him the information in whispers while he was carrying his fainting wife to a room? Is it not the truth that Don Carlos did his best to hold me at his hacienda until the soldiers arrived, that I might be captured? Did not Don Carlos thus try to show his loyalty to the governor? "'By the saints, Ramon! "'You never told me as much!' "'The governor cried. "'They are traitors!' "'The captain declared stubbornly. "'What other evidence don't you have?' "'Signor Zorro asked. "'Why, when the soldiers arrived, "'you concealed yourself by some trick,' "'the governor said. "'And presently Captain Ramon himself "'reached the scene, "'and while he was there, "'you crept from a closet, "'ran him through treacherously from behind, "'and made your escape.' It is an evident fact that Don Carlos had hidden you in the closet. By the saints, Signor Zorro swore. I had thought, Captain Ramon, that you were man enough to admit defeat, though I knew you for a scoundrel in other things. Now tell the truth. That is the truth. Tell the truth, Signor Zorro commanded, stepping closer to him and bringing up the pistol. I came from that closet and spoke to you. I gave you time to draw blade and get on guard. We fenced for fully ten minutes, did we not? I admit freely that for a moment you puzzled me. And then I solved your method of giving battle and knew you were at my mercy. And then, when I could have slain you easily, I but scratched your shoulder. Is not that the truth? Answer if you hope to live. Captain Ramon licked his dry lips and could not meet the governor's eyes. Answer! Signor Zorro thundered. It... "'Is the truth,' Captain Ramon acknowledged. "'Ha! So I ran you through from behind, eh? "'It is an insult to my blade to have it enter your body. "'You see, Your Excellency, "'what manner of man you have for commandante here. Is there more evidence, Governor?' "'There is,' the Governor said, "'when the Pulidos were guests at the house of Don Diego Vega, "'and Don Diego was away. "'Captain Ramon went to pay his respects "'and found you there alone with the senorita.' and that shows what? "'That you were in league with the Politos, that they harbored you even in the house of Don Diego, a loyal man. And when the captain discovered you there, the señorita flung herself upon him and held him, delayed him, rather, until you made your escape through a window. Is not that enough?' Signor Zorro bent forward, and his eyes seemed to burn through the mask and into those of Captain Ramon. "'So that is the tale he told, eh?' the highwayman said. "'As a matter of fact,' Captain Ramon is enamored of the senorita. He went to the house, found her alone, forced his attentions upon her, even told her that she should not object, since her father was in the bad graces of the governor. He attempted to caress her, and she called for help. I responded, How did you happen to be there? I do not care to answer that, but I take my oath the senorita did not know of my presence. She called for aid, and I responded, "'I made this thing you call a commandante "'kneel before her and apologize, "'and then I took him to the door "'and kicked him out into the dust, "'and afterward I visited him at the presidio "'and told him that he had given insult "'to a noble señorita. "'It appears that you hold some love for her yourself,' "'the governor said. "'I do, your excellency, "'and I am proud to admit it. "'Ha! You condemn her and her parents "'by that statement. "'You deny now that they are in league with you?' "'I do. "'Her parents do not know of our love.' "'This senorita is scarcely conventional.' "'Senor! Governor no! Another thought like that and I spill your blood!' "'Senor Zorro cried. "'I have told you what happened that night at the house of Don Diego Vega. "'Captain Ramon will testify that what I have said is the exact truth. "'Is it not, Commandante? Answer me.' "'It is the truth,' the captain gulped, looking at the muzzle of the highwayman's pistol.' "'Then you have told me falsehood, and can no longer be an officer of mine!' the governor cried. "'It appears that this highwayman can do as he pleases with you. "'Ha! "'But I still believe that Don Carlos Pulido is a traitor, and the members of his family, "'and that it has availed you nothing, Signor Zorro, to play this little scene. "'My soldiers shall continue to pursue them, and you, and before they are done, "'I'll have the Pulidos dragged in the dirt, and have you stretching a rope with your carcass.' "'Quite a bold speech!' observed Signor Zorro. You set your soldiers a pretty task, Your Excellency. I rescued your three prisoners tonight, and they have escaped. They shall be retaken. Time alone will tell, and now I have another duty to perform here. Your Excellency, you will take your chair to that far corner and sit there, and your host will sit beside you, and there you shall remain until I have finished. What do you mean to do? Obey me, Signor Zorro cried, I have scant time for argument, even with a governor. He watched while the two chairs were placed and the governor and his host had seated themselves, and then he stepped nearer Captain Ramon. You insulted a pure and innocent girl, Comandante, Zorro said. For that you shall fight. Your scratched shoulder is healed now, and you wear your blade by your side. Such a man as you is not fit to breathe God's pure air. The country is better for your absence. On your feet, senor, and on guard. "'Captain Ramon was white with rage. "'He knew that he was ruined. "'He had been forced to confess that he had lied. "'He had heard the governor remove his rank, "'and this man before him had been the cause of all of it. "'Perhaps in his anger he could kill the Signor Zorro, "'stretch this curse of Capistrano on the floor "'with his lifeblood flowing away. "'Perhaps if he did that, His Excellency would relent.' "'He sprang from his chair and backward to the governor. "'Unfasten my wrists!' he cried. "'Let me at this dog!' "'You were as good as dead before. "'You certainly are dead after using that word,' "'Signor Zorro said calmly. "'The Commandante's wrists were untied. "'He whipped out his blade, sprang forward with a cry, "'and launched himself in a furious attack upon the highwayman. "'Signor Zorro gave ground before this onslaught, "'and so obtained a position where the light from the candelero "'did not bother his eyes. "'He was skilled with a blade, "'and had fenced for life many times.' And he knew the danger in the attack of an angered man who did not fence according to the code. And he knew, too, that such anger is spent quickly unless a fortunate thrust makes the possessor of it victor almost at once. And so he retreated, step by step, guarding well, parrying vicious strokes, alert for an unexpected move. The governor and his host were sitting in their corner, but bending forward and watching the combat. Run him through, Ramon, and I reinstate and promote you, the governor cried. THE COMMANDANTE THUS WAS URGED TO DO IT. SENOR Zorro FOUND HIS OPPONENT FIGHTING MUCH BETTER THAN HE HAD BEFORE IN DON CARLOS POLITO'S HOUSE AT THE HACIENDA. HE FOUND HIMSELF FORCED TO FIGHT OUT OF A DANGEROUS CORNER, AND THE PISTOL HE HELD IN HIS LEFT HAND TO INTIMIDATE THE GOVERNOR AND HIS HOST BOTHERED HIM. AND SUDDENLY HE TOSSED IT TO THE TABLE, AND THEN SWUNG AROUND SO THAT NEITHER OF THE TWO MEN COULD DART FROM A CORNER AND GET IT WITHOUT RUNNING THE CHANCE OF RECEIVING A BLADE BETWEEN THE RIBS. AND HERE HE STOOD HIS GROUND AND FOUGHT. Captain Ramon could not force him to give way now. His blade seemed to be a score. It darted in and out, trying to find a resting place in the captain's body, for Signor Zorro was eager to have an end of this and be gone. He knew that the dawn was not far away, and he feared that some trooper might come to the house with a report for the governor. "'Why don't you fight, insulter of girls?' he cried. "'Fight, man, who tells a falsehood to injure a noble family.' "'Fight, coward, and poltroon!' "'Now death steers you in the face, and soon you'll be claimed. "'Ha! I almost had you. Fight, cur! Captain Ramon cursed and charged, but Signor Zorro received him and drove him back, and so held his position. The perspiration was standing out on the captain's forehead in great globules. His breath was coming heavily from between his parted lips. His eyes were bright and bulging. "'Fight, weakling!' the highwaymen taunted him. "'This time I'm not attacking from behind.' If you have prayers to say, say them, for your time grows short. The ringing blades, the shifting feet on the floor. The heavy breathing of the combatants and of the two spectators of this life and death struggle were the only sounds in the room. His Excellency sat far forward on his chair, his hands gripping the edge of it so that his knuckles were white. Kill me, this highwayman, he shrieked. Use your good skill, Ramon. At him. Captain Ramon rushed again, calling into play his last bit of strength. "'fencing with what skill he could command. "'His arms were as lead. "'His breath was fast. "'He thrust, he lunged, "'and made a mistake of a fraction of an inch. "'Like the tongue of a serpent, "'Signor Zorro's blade shot in. "'Thrice it darted forward, "'and upon the fair brow of Ramon, "'just between the eyes, "'there flamed suddenly a red, bloody letter Z. "'The mark of Zorro,' the highwayman cried. "'You wear it now forever, Comandante.' "'Signor Zorro's face became more stern.' His blade shot in again and came out dripping red. The comandante gasped and slipped to the floor. "'You have slain him!' the governor cried. "'You have taken his life, wretch!' "'Ha! I trust so. The thrust was through the heart, excellency. He never will insult a senorita again.' Senor Zorro looked down at his fallen foe, regarded the governor for a moment, then wiped his blade on the sash that had bound the comandante's wrist. He returned the blade to its scabbard and picked up his pistol from the table." "'My night's work is done,' he said. "'And you shall hang for it!' His Excellency cried. "'Perhaps when you catch me,' replied the curse of Capistrano, bowing ceremoniously. Then, without glancing again at the twitching body of him who had been Captain Ramon, he whirled through the door and was in the hall, and rushed through it to the patio and to his horse. We'll return with Chapter 36, right right after this sponsor message. "'all against them. "'And he rushed right into danger. "'The dawn had come, "'the first pink streaks had appeared in the eastern sky, "'and then the sun had risen quickly "'above the heights to the east, "'and now the plaza was bathed in brilliance. "'There was no mist, no high fog even, "'and objects on the hillsides far away "'stood out in relief. "'It was no morning in which to ride "'for life and freedom. "'Signor Zorro had delayed too long "'with the governor and commandante, "'else had misjudged the hour.' He swung into his saddle and urged his beast out of the patio, and then a full realization of his imminent peril came to him. Down the trail from San Gabriel came Sergeant Pedro González and his troopers. Down the Pala Road came another detachment of soldiers that had been trailing the Caballeros and Don Carlos, and had given up in disgust. Over the hill toward the Presidio came the third body of men, who had been in the chase of those who had rescued the Doña Catalina. Señor Zorro found himself hemmed in by his foes. The curse of Capistrano deliberately stopped his horse and for a moment contemplated the outlook. He glanced at the three bodies of troopers, estimated distance, and in that instant one with Sergeant Gonzalez's detachment saw him and raised the alarm. They knew that magnificent horse, that long purple cloak, that black mask and wide sombrero. They saw before them the man they had been pursuing throughout the night, the man who had made fools of them and played with them about the hills and valleys. "'They feared the rage of His Excellency "'and their superior officers, "'or slay this curse of Capistrano now "'as this last chance was offered them. "'Signor Zorro put spurs to his horse "'and dashed across the plaza "'in full view of some score of citizens. "'Just as he did that, "'the governor and his host rushed from the house, "'shrieking that Signor Zorro was a murderer "'and should be taken. "'Natives scurried like so many rats for shelter. "'Men of rank stood still and gaped in astonishment. "'Signor Zorro, having crossed the plaza,' "'drove his horse at highest speed straight toward the highway. "'Sergeant Gonzalez and his troopers rushed to cut him off and turn him back, "'shrieking at one another, pistols in their hands, "'blades loosened in their scabbards. "'Reward and promotion and satisfaction were to be their lot "'if they made an end of the highwaymen here and now. "'Señor Zorro was forced to swerve from his first course, "'for he saw that he could not win through. "'He had not taken his pistol from his belt, but he had drawn his blade.' "'and it dangled from his right wrist in such fashion "'that he could grip the hilt of it instantly "'and put it into play. "'He cut across the plaza again, "'almost running down several men of rank who were in the way. "'He passed within a few paces "'of the infuriated governor and his host, "'darted between two houses, "'and rushed toward the hills in that direction. "'It appeared that he had a very small chance "'of escaping the cordon of his foes now. "'He scorned paths and trails "'and cut across the open ground. "'From both sides the troopers galloped to meet him, "'flying toward the angle of the wedge, "'hoping to reach it in time "'and turn him back once more. Gonzales was shouting orders in his great voice, "'and he was sending a part of his men "'down into the Pueblo, "'so that they would be in proper position "'in case the highwaymen turned back again "'and could keep him from escaping to the west. "'He reached the highway "'and started down it toward the south. "'It was not the direction he would have preferred, "'but he had no choice now. "'He dashed around a curve in the road "'where some natives' huts cut off the view, "'and suddenly he pulled up his horse, "'almost unseating himself, for here a new menace presented itself. "'Straight at him along the highway flew a horse and rider, "'and close behind came half a dozen troopers in pursuit. "'Señor Zorro whirled his horse. "'He could not turn to the right because of a stone fence. "'His horse could have jumped it, "'but on the other side was soft, ploughed ground, "'and he knew that he could make no progress across it "'and that the troopers might cut him down with a pistol bullet. "'Nor could he turn to the left, "'for there was a sheer precipice down "'which he could not hope to ride with safety.' He had to turn back toward Sergeant Gonzalez and the men who rode with him, hoping to get a distance of a couple hundred yards, where he could make a descent before Gonzalez and his men arrived at the spot. He gripped his sword now and was prepared for fight, for he knew it was going to be close work. He glanced back over his shoulder and gasped in surprise, for it was Senorita Lolita Polito who rode that horse and was pursued by half a dozen troopers, and he had thought her safe at the Hacienda Fray Felipe. Her long black hair was down and streaming out behind her, Her tiny heels were glued to the horse's flanks. She bent forward as she rode, holding the reins low down, and Señor Zorro, even in that instant, marveled at her skill with a mount. Señor! he heard her shout. And then she had reached his side, and they rode together, dashing down upon Gonzales and his troopers. They have been chasing me for hours, she gasped. I escaped them at Fray Felipe's. Ride close. Do not waste breath, he screeched. My horse is almost done, senor. Senor Zorro glanced aside at the beast and saw that he was suffering from fatigue, but there was scant time to consider that now. The soldiers behind had gained some. Those in front presented a lively menace that required deep consideration. Down the trail they flew, side by side, straight at Gonzales and his men. Senor Zorro could see that pistols were out, and he doubted not that the governor had given orders to get him dead or alive, but to see that he did not escape again. Now he spurred a few paces in advance of the senorita and called upon her to ride his horse's tracks. He dropped the reins on his mount's neck and held his blade ready. He had two weapons, his blade and his horse. Then came the crash. Senor Zorro swerved his horse at the proper instant and the senorita followed him. He cut at the trooper on his left, swung over and cut at the one on his right. His horse crashed into that of a third trooper and hurled it against the animal that the sergeant rode. He heard shrill cries about him. He knew that the men who had been pursuing Signorita Lolita had run into the others, and that there was a certain amount of confusion, and that they could not use blades for fear of cutting down one another. And then he was through them, with the senorita riding at his side again. What's more, he was at the edge of the plaza. His horse was showing signs of weariness, and he had gained nothing, for the way to San Gabriel was not open. The way to Paula was closed, and he could not hope to escape by cutting across soft ground, and on the opposite side of the plaza were more troopers, in saddle, "'and waiting to cut him off, no matter in which direction he started. "'We are caught!' he shouted. "'But we are not done, Senorita.' "'My horse is stumbling!' she cried. "'Señor Zorro saw that it was so. "'He knew that the beast could not make it another hundred yards. "'To the tavern!' he cried. "'They galloped straight across the plaza. "'At the door of the tavern the Senorita's horse staggered and fell. "'Señor Zorro caught the girl in his arms in time to save her from a hard fall.' "'and still carrying her, darted through the tavern door. "'Out!' he cried to the landlord and the native servant. "'Out!' he shrieked to half a dozen loiterers, "'exhibiting his pistol. "'They rushed through the door and into the plaza. "'The highwayman threw the door shut and bolted it. "'He saw that every window was closed "'except the one that fronted on the plaza, "'and that the board and skin coverings were in place. "'He stepped to the table "'and then whirled to face the senorita. "'It may be the end,' he said, "'Señor, surely the saints will be kind to us. "'We are beset by foes, señorita. "'I care not, so that I die fighting as a caballero should. "'But you, señorita! "'They shall never put me in the foul carcel again, señor. "'I swear it. "'Rather I would die with you.' "'She took the sheepskinner's knife from her bosom, "'and he caught a glance of it. "'Not that, señorita,' he cried. "'I have given you my heart, señor. "'Either we live together—' or we die together. Until next week, Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, stay safe, and we'll be back soon.
0: of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com.
2: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.